raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Second Take Tuesday from Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Is it a holiday now? It is a holiday. Yes. For all those who observe. I know we observe. (laughs) Second Take Tuesday. Please practice with us. Shall you? 704-570-9610. Feel free to share your thoughts and concerns or wish us a happy Second Take Tuesday on the text line. 704-570-9610. I'm letting Shroppy celebrate. I don't know if this was a mistake. I'm going to bring it to the airwaves or not. We're about to find out right now. I gave him my bank card. Something already pretty risky. Fitty felt like there was some sense of trust lost between us. He was shaking his head as he was looking at me. Give the bank card to Shroppy because, you know, we've just had our problems paying for one another where he doesn't let me live it down. If he pays for me, if I pay for him, he just takes advantage of it. And so this is the problem. But I didn't know if Shroppy was just going to go on a real big spending spree. Uh huh. And it looks like he did okay. He got himself a tea. He got himself some goldfish. He got me my (laughs) drinks getting ready for the show. I told him anything under $100, hoping that he understood that was a joke. But I was hoping he wouldn't just come in and say, hey, you said under $100. I only spent $80. You're turning into a big baller, man. You've been uh, treating a lot lately. It's easy to act. You won the lottery and didn't tell us? It's easy to act like a big baller when the only thing I pay for are like two and three bucks at a time. I think you won the lottery and you didn't tell us. I think you won the last Powerball, and you are just not letting us know. You know how cheap I would have to be if I won the lottery, and the only thing I did was get you a Mountain Dew, <laughs> shroppy a tea, and a goldfish snack pack? <laughs> I would be the cheapest dude on this planet. I was like, nope, the only, this is all you're getting. The only thing I'm going to give you after winning the Powerball. I did have a buddy, though, hit me up on the group chat where he said, hey, do you guys want to do a $10 buy-in and split all of it? Mm-hmm. Do you guys have friends that'll do that? If the Powerball gets to something crazy or the Mega Millions gets to something crazy? Um, no, I no, I haven't. My mom will go buy tickets or something like that. And I, I bought one for I think the one over the summer. I think I got a ticket, but other than that, I'm not a huge go play the lottery type of guy. You talk about paranoia. I know I'm burning ten dollars. I know I'm just lighting it on fire, but. There's that little sense in me thinking, man, if my boys win uh, millions and millions of dollars yeah. and I just didn't want to burn 10 bucks, yeah. I know that the odds are greater to get hit by lightning seven times in a row. I know the odds are better for that, but I still can't take that chance. And so it's like, ah, okay. So you it, my, to do it. It's a great way to steal from me, honestly. You could you could text me and say, hey, do you want to enter this Powerball? I'm like, ah, you son of a bleep. I'm in. Here's 10 bucks, and then I know I'm not going to win the lottery. That's just the problem. Yeah, I mean, and then it's always a fun conversation to have what, what what you would buy and what you would do and all that type of stuff. But, yeah, I think I bought it. I bought one this summer. I went to Harris Teeter and got one, and I was one of those people, man, because I know I get so aggravated when I go in stores and I go to buy something. 
And uh, there's people there getting all these lottery tickets and telling the numbers and holding up the line and stuff like that. And I'm like, would you please? <laughs> I'm like, get, you're uh, not going to win. No, 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 no. Down. No. Yeah. The, the, the one down to yeah. the right. And then I'm sitting down and I'm like, you're not going to win. Like, hurry up. Yeah. The uh, the cash, <laughs> the veggie, the whatever the hell. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, the one. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you're not going to win, man. Get out of the way. Oh, it's 100% like that. Yeah. Now we know, speaking of people sitting on fat stacks, using their words, we got that man back in the studio for the first time in three days now he was with you at the end of the last show Uh so i saw him sit in this chair it's like Stephen a smith when he sees somebody sit in his chair you're hoping that the other people are doing it right it's not it's really mac and then kyle bailey's and then my chair over here but then fitty sits in on it how did he do yesterday with you, Wes? Yeah, I mean, you know, he did good. We had okay. a nice little conversation for I, a couple of segments. I asked Fiddy how he did. He's like, well, you know, I'm not going to brag. <laughs> Is it bad if I know exactly not only the words that he's going to tell me, but also the inflection and how he's going to say it? Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know the volume. Yeah. I know everything he's about to say. Yeah. Speaking of eight mile. How how do you feel being back in the middays, Fiddy? You know, getting demoted once again uh, after hopping on with the morning show. I'm a lot more uh, rested, I guess, if you will. I'm not. Uh, I mean, usually this time, the last couple of days, Whew. I was. I'm not gonna say at my wit end or my wits end, uh-huh. but you know, it's good to be back with the Three Kings because I I, I missed three shows. And chaos just ensued. <laughs> I got to come back and restore order because uh, right, Wes. football Friday <laughs> was not a football Friday with y'all at the racetrack. And uh, we had a blast. I'll tell you. I, I, look, y'all, y'all had fun. Uh-huh. But, you know, all of a sudden I'm not here, Wes, and Walker's skipping out of not ranking the 10 best players. Didn't want to pick any more football games incorrectly. All that's going to change this upcoming Friday. Yeah, we didn't do 10 players. We didn't do pick them anymore. <laughs> we, we instead did another edition of Fire or Fizzle and just talked about NASCAR paint jobs, rap jobs the entire time. Didn't even read my text that I sent in. I didn't, read, yeah. I didn't even see that. you. Te- we, to be oh, fair, you should have known it was my text. Well, to be fair, Wes can vouch for this. We got a million of them. Yeah, the text line was popping. Yeah. So, I was monitoring because I was mad that you did not read my text. I didn't. What would you say? Hey, let's avenge this loss right now. What did you say? And we will respond to it. Oh, I texted in Mark Martin's uh, Viagra scheme because oh, it's me. Oh, I should have known You should have known it was me. I did read that one. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. I absolutely read that text and kept moving on. I probably was close to a break or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of people texting me, 704 said, hey, do you want to go $100 each on Powerball? I'll send my Venmo if you want to send me. <laughs> no, for sure. 704, no doubt. Hornets Ron, he said, going to start texting Walker three days a week. That's almost a tank of gas. I can scam off of him. If you tell me that there's billions of dollars as I raise my pinky like Dr. Evil, billions. Yeah, you're going to get me to send you some money. That's just how I am. I'm a sucker for the Powerball. All right. You know what else I'm a sucker for? What's that? Some Charlotte Hornets basketball. Mm. Are you excited, Fiddy? Preseason? Tip off tonight, <laughs> baby? Let's do it. Mr. Hype Bus Driver, open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Hornets basketball is here, folks. Preseason tonight against the NBA Finals Eastern Conference representative Miami Heat. Now, we got some injuries we're dealing with here. James Booknight with a knee injury. He's going to be out probably for some time. Cody Martin, again, knee injury, going to be out. Leaky Black, Fitty, your boy, ankle injury. Teo Maladone, shoulder injury. Miles Bridges, suspension. All right, now I'm done. That's it. 
We do have Bryce McGowan's. He's going to suit up probably. Frank Nitalikina probably going to suit up tonight. So that will be good. And we'll see what happens with the Hornets. Just number one thing you're looking for, Wes. I don't need top three. I don't need top five. You don't need to write an article. I just want to know for a preseason game with the Hornets suiting up for the first time in a while, what's the number one thing you're going to be looking for? Defense. Uh, the majority of this team is back. We know that. Coach's M.O. is defense, and that's what he really wants them to do as far as Coach Clifford and his agenda. So I want to see if this team is going to continue to improve. He told us when he was on set about the improvements that they had over the back half of the season, and so I want to see that continue a concerted effort and focus from the group. Is Brandon Miller the number one storyline coming into this preseason, or is it still LaMelo? I know you want to see defense. I do, too. I want to see if that continues to build off of the second half momentum they built last year. But Brandon Miller, compared to Victor Wembenyama, it's not Brandon's team. It's still LaMelo's team. He got $200 million in the offseason. He's still the face of the franchise. Victor Wembenyama goes to the Spurs. It's Victor's team now. Scoot Henderson. Once they traded Damian Lillard... The keys were handed over to Scoot Henderson. You have some talent there. DeAndre Ayton, Reds, you know, maybe a reclamation project to some degree. Malcolm Brogdon, you've got some depth, so that would be a fun young team. But we all know they want Scoot Henderson to be the guy. That's not going to be the case for Brandon Miller in the first couple of years of his career, or certainly this season. But even Steve Clifford is telling us at Hornets Media Day, Brandon Miller is going to play a significant role. I just am fascinated to see how different it is from the other two guys that were drafted in the top three and to see how much of an impact he has on a team that is looking to make the play-in and the playoffs still. So if Brandon comes in, shoots 37, 38% from three, maybe more, but he doesn't go for 15 points per game because that's still a lot when LaMelo is going to get you 20 at least. We're hoping maybe even 25. Terry Rozier, still expect him in his more natural role to shoot better on a catch-and-shoot basis rather than take you off the dribble. Guys are going back to the roles they're supposed to play, and that includes the new guy that is the number two overall pick. I really am interested to see how Brandon Miller is integrated into the system and Miles Bridges integrated back into the system. So I was going to ask you, based off your comments that you said with all of the talent on this team you you want to see Melo at 25 a night oh I think it'd be great if he was at 25 a night I'm not projecting that that's going to happen no, I just want I'm just saying because I would feel like that if he went on the leaner side points wise around 19 to 21 with a few more assists I guess because I feel like 25 he's going to be the dominant shot taker and I feel like he's got so many guys so I was just wondering your thoughts on that yeah I I guess we have to see how it plays out. I guess yeah. I would ask for more efficiency, especially finishing at the rim. That's a yes, problem that we've talked about sure. a lot. More free throws. We want to see him get to the free throw line. That was something we talked about going into last year. That could probably boost happen. his average yep. just naturally if he does that. So, okay. Because he's a good that. free throw shooter. Yeah, I can and, see and that. And so that, that's more so what I'm talking about. But you're right. You would love to see these other guys get involved a lot more. So here we have Brandon Miller. How does your excitement to see Brandon Miller compare first to seeing LaMelo Ball when he was here? Kimball Walker, a little bit more hindsight because he wasn't. He was fun when he was the first round pick. He was really hot because he had to come off that yep. national championship. Yeah, but I, where does Brandon Miller fall in the rookie excitement that they've had here recently? Um, Yeah, I would put him a little low, especially lower than LaMelo. I, I, I think he's probably the most anticipated besides Zoe and uh, Larry Johnson of Hornet players that I wanted to see as rookies. I think you might be right. I you think said what? 
Turn on your mic, Fitty. You yeah, got right, something got to say. You forgot then. how it works in the midday. Well, no, it was just, I was just going to be sarcastic because, I mean, I was excited to see the screen god that Cody Zeller became as a rookie. <laughs> the screen god. <laughs> he was. You know what's crazy about that is if you go back and look at that draft, it actually wasn't the worst pick in the world, even in hindsight. Bad draft. That was the Anthony Bennett selection, number one Ooh, overall. Yeah. So, Cody mm. Zeller going then, unless you really want to, you have to kill every team. That was the honest draft, too. But Cody Zeller going at number four, it kind of makes sense um, when you look back at some of the other players drafted. I was going to ask y'all, did, how much Wimby footage did y'all see from last night? Yeah, I saw enough. I, 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 I reposted. And I was <laughs> like, man, happened? I completely, yeah. I was like, I, I, I legit have forgotten about Wimby. He had been gone from my thoughts for a while. And then when I started seeing that footage, I was just sitting there like, damn, man. He drove across the lane and just like flicked it and banked it in like it was... Like it was nothing. Yeah. I don't know if his body, like if his body holds up. Well, I, I like. Yeah, you talking about the spin and then the, the scoop shot. Yes, it was sick. No, it's the preseason. You guys, we were watching seven-one Chet Holmgren go for twenty, and he was the second biggest story in that game. <laughs> yeah, Chet Holmgren seven-one twenty piece. Sorry, I don't care because I'm looking at seven five Greek god, French god. I he's should a say. walking. He's gonna be a walking twenty seven a game this year. I'm already calling it, man. He is. He's easy money, dog. When I was watching those clips last night, because you can tell summer league got him a little more acclimated to the game. Mm-hmm. I said, man, this dude. Cackle- yeah, it's about to be crazy. So this this statement on the text line, it's not as crazy as it sounds, and I want to get your opinion on this too, Wes. Cackalack wrote in terrified of draft hype. I was excited to see Adam Morrison, so there's that. But hey, there was a lot of people excited to see Adam Morrison. Yeah, me too. I, I thought to, he was going to be nice. I went to the season opener yeah. that year. I still have the T-shirt. The, they played against the Pacers, I believe. Uh-huh. We got to see Adam Morrison. Remember, he hit like a buzzer-beating almost half-court shot at the end of the second quarter or something like that. People were excited about Adam Morrison, and then the trash dash came along and reports of him smelling because he didn't shower all that much. and yeah. It was a brutal fall for him. Didn't necessarily pan out. Got a couple championships, no doubt, but brutal fall for him, especially in Charlotte. Yeah, man. I thought that he was going to be big time. I really did, so I'll jump right in that boat with you. <laughs> um, as far as the excitement for Brandon Miller, LaMelo's got to be number one. And then going back at least within the last, like, last 10 years, LJ is is big time hype. Number one overall pick, Grandmama, UNLV. That guy probably has the most hype of anybody yeah. as a rookie coming in. So, so going to be tough to beat him. Baron Davis was a lot of fun. The athletic was, point guard BD coming was, in. Yeah, BD, all the hype for BD. Oh, Hornets had lottery luck that year, too. They yeah. were not supposed to have the selection they got when they selected Baron Davis. So that's somebody else I'd put up there. But number two. Literally only one spot gets higher. I did my math. Even in radio, I can do that kind of math. (laughs) Only one spot gets higher, man. So it's hard to beat that anticipation. It's just the kind of role that he's going to play. And LaMelo is as flashy as a player will come into the league. Right. Especially with the ball buildup, the ball brand. So he's number one. So we go. (laughs) Here we are. Smack dab in the middle of football season. And we're leading off by Fitty's advice with some Charlotte Hornets conversation. And also, I think Fitty's advice could be you. No, that was me. You All already right. know who the it Wasaya. was. You already know who it was. Black Ice. That's right. <laughs> Kane Stanley Cup favorites coming into the season. How are you feeling, Wes? Yeah, I know I had reported the other day that they were second when I looked at the odds. But then uh, I get a report from ESPN saying they are the consensus betting favorites to win the Stanley Cup 
at Sportsbooks. 15-2 odds at Caesar Sportsbook. They're coming in ready to go, man. The projections, they have them projected to be the number one scoring team uh, in the NHL. They're back and ready to rock and roll. Sebastian Ajo, Nekis, Benchnikov, Jarvis, Slavin. Let's go. I'm excited, man. I'm going to have to go ahead and re-up that Bally's uh, subscription, unfortunately, so that I can watch it all. <laughs> Might have to ask you to pronounce uh, Martin. I think it's Nacious or Nacious. I, I thought think it was, maybe Nacious, but you know, if you put a hard C on that. It sounds a little I different. Thought, I just want to say, I when I was watching the game, they would say Nickus, but yeah. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> I'm hyped for the games to play. A little scary. All right, let's go over to and the. And they next better second. win it all. <laughs> second take Tuesday. It is here. I did want to leave with this question though, because we were talking about this a little bit in the fishbowl. Sometimes we'll do this. We'll go to random athlete name history. I brought up a Ramon sessions and that triggered the encyclopedia that is is Wes's brain to go back and see okay who were the one game wonders Ramon sessions once gave us a 40 burger Fiddy and I were talking about Brandon Jennings giving us over 50 Terrence Ross giving us over 50 one time what are some of the best one game wonders that you can remember it can try to make it Charlotte history but it doesn't have to be Charlotte history I want to know one game game not season one game wonders that are at the top of the dome. 704-570-9610. We'll answer your text and get to Second Take Tuesday on the other side of the break. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. show it's going to be. Even when uh, Fiddy gives you a stank face for a beat, I know it's going to be a good show. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I teased in the last segment. Who are the one game wonder? Who are the one game hits that you can remember? And I don't want a full season. Just for an example, a Nick Goings perhaps would be a great <laughs> got a sagebrush mm. grunt from Fiddy in the background, which is also my favorite. But Nick Goings doesn't count because he was here for a whole week, right? Or a whole year, I should say, excuse me. So if he's there for a whole year, I don't want it. I want the Jonas Grays of the world, if you will. Mm-hmm. The running back for the Patriots, who in 2014 had one game where he got 37 rushing attempts against the Colts, ran for 200 yards, scored four touchdowns, and did not have more than 11 carries in any other game after that. In fact, didn't mm. even play the next game. Didn't mm. even play. The one game wonders. We got some great answers here on the text line. Joe Gibbs Jr., of course, going with the 91 Super Bowl. Washington running back Timmy Smith. Yeah, he's probably one of the biggest. 204 rushing yards in the 91 Super Bowl. That's a great one. How about 704 rolling in with a Bobcat? Sean May, 40-plus. Did have the single-game scoring record, too, if I remember correctly. We'll have to check that, but that's a great one. Sean May, a one-game wonder in the pros? 
Absolutely. Yeah, anytime you can work Sean May into the conversation, (laughs) it's always going to be interesting. Did you hate Sean May? Was he yes, one of, yeah, I yes, I, yes. I could a feel, thousand times, yes. I could feel the hate. Just that below the rim game, didn't do anything special, but just would end up with twenty five and ten. You would just be sitting there getting so frustrated how he would haul in every rebound, but couldn't jump over a phone book. Could it? I mean, not even a piece of paper. Yeah, let alone the phone book. Yeah, man. <laughs> you slide one piece of paper between him. Carolina and the would always have some of those players like that where they would be very explicit in their skill, like. They would do one or two things very, very well, and they would just drive you crazy that nobody could figure it out, and they would just use it to dominate. Yeah, Sean May. They got a lot of players like that. Sean May had great hands, very skilled, and also was a wide load down on the post. Yes. You were not getting by him. I mean, that NCAA tournament, he was just bodying. And that was one where all the pregame analysis was that Sean May was going to dominate against Illinois, and it held true. Yeah. 25 and 13. Yeah, well... is that right? I believe it was 25 and 13. So we can look it up. I don't really want to go against you in North Carolina trivia, but I know he had the same line, I believe, as Scott May did in the undefeated 72 season or 76 season for Indiana. I thought it was like 26 and 10. And I just remember James Augustine fouling, like he had four fouls in the first, excuse me, James Augustine. I'm all over the place. James Augustine, their only center. Had like four fouls. You were right, 26 and 10. I think it was the same as Scott May. And that's what was crazy. And he grabbed the game ceiling rebound Mm -hmm. in order to get his dad's stat line, which is crazy. Anyways, yeah, 704, you got us off track. Great Sean May mention. Wes really appreciates it. Uh, (laughs) Let's go to some other ones. Yeah, 828 wrote in Kai Jones. I don't even know what game you're talking about, to be honest with you. Poor Kai. Let's just pick the game and he did the dunk, the the backwards dunk. Let's just go with that one. not, Not to say that I wasn't. You were lit. When, oh, when he yeah. had, it was crazy. was crazy. He was running like a gazelle out there. Yeah, and that's man. the thing. I remember tweeting a, what? a gazelle, a <laughs> Giselle Bunchen. He was running like Giselle Bunchen on the runway. I remember tweeting this out too during the off season in, in summer league when he played against Victor Webb and Yama and he had the thrunk. And it's like, this is all of our thoughts on Kai Jones. We're thinking, man, it's about time to give up on Kai dot, dot, dot thrunk on Victor Webb and Yama. Ah, never mind. Maybe we give him one more year. He's got those plays. Yeah. And now Kai is requesting a trade, and so it's not great. Michigan Sean with a good NASCAR one. Trevor Bain, 2011 Daytona 500. Yeah. Great one. Mm-hmm. Thought that one was a good one. Um, And 704 with probably the best Charlotte one of all time. I don't know if this one's going to be able to be beaten. Coney Ely in the Super Bowl. Isn't it crazy to think that if the Panthers somehow win that Super Bowl, I guess you have to account for whoever scores the touchdowns needed to win, whatever. Coney Ely would have been Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I remember that. He did have a big game. The dude had an interception in three and a half, four sacks. Yeah. It's it's the craziest one-game wonder in Charlotte sports history. You can't beat the Super Bowl. I I know it sounds exaggerated and hyperbolic, but I don't know what beats it. That's a wild, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's a wild stat line, and it is hard to beat because of the stage that it was on. I don't know if you could come up with one better. Matt and Greensboro with another great one. This is why I like going to the people, man. Y'all know some Charlotte sports. Ed Dixon going off for 175 against Detroit. The backup tight end. 175 <laughs> against the Lions, and then logo 704, miracle after midnight, Troy Daniels. We salute you, sir. Fantastic. Doug Branson also wants his credit for coming up with the phrase miracle after midnight. 
Shout out to Eric Collins for shouting out the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Let's go to second take Tuesday. It's the time where we start to go over the impact plays that took place between the Carolina Panthers and the Detroit Lions on this game Sunday, the blowout that allowed Carolina to go 0-5. You want to lead off, Wes, or do you want me to go first and see what kind of play I'm rolling with? Yeah, no, we can lead off. And, I mean, you got to start off first half, a little bit of bad. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but 7.40 to go, uh, first quarter. Second seven, Bryce throws an interception to Aiden Hutchinson, and it was just one of those plays to where it almost seemed like he just did it off muscle memory. There was no thought process in it at all. He ran through and did the fakes and the play actions that he was supposed to, and he just turned around and threw it blindly. And then Aiden Hutchinson got him for an interception. I think it was one of those, uh, I'm not in the SEC anymore, slash just not having my brain turned on all the way type of plays because it just looked like he just automatically was like, Ian Thomas is going to be here. I'm going to throw it. Here we go. And then Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, he made a super athletic play, and that's what he's becoming known for, man. He's a really, really great player. But that was just a head scratcher by Bryce Young because you would think he would at least eye it at least for a half a second before you let the ball go. It's not the greatest play call in the world. I get it. If you buy more time, if you escape the pocket a little more, Ian Thomas has room to run. If you go back and watch it, I'm not saying it's a great play, but you at least kill it. You at least kill that in the dirt, right? I mean, there was no throwing angle there. And so that's the problem. I just don't know why you throw it. And Bryce Young, to his credit, he's going to learn from him. And he told you that he should have killed that play. But Aiden Hutchinson made a great play on the ball and was able to have a key turnover for the Detroit Lions. I'm going to go to a positive, but maybe not as positive as we think. How about the third and 12 pickup on the first drive of the game for the Carolina Panthers? So it's the completion to DJ Chark. Bryce Young has time. Pass protection holds up pretty well. Taylor Moten, my boy, did not have the greatest game against Aiden Hutchinson by any stretch, but held up at least on a third and long on this play. The whole line did. And Bryce Young picks it up. Big time play, 18 yards. I do want to ask you this, Wes. He had to go low to get that pass. DJ Chark did. Is there any kind of arm strength question there? Is it just stepping up? Because he had time. He could have stepped up in the pocket. He could have driven off of his back foot. But DJ Chark does have to go low. Detroit challenged it. Bad challenge. But they challenged it. And Chark was able to make a really nice reception. Am I getting too worried about that at all? Or or were you questioning the arm strength there, too? No. It's so funny you bring that up. Because he had a few throws to where I said in my mind, it looked like he was throwing it as hard as he could, and it still didn't come out with just that super, for lack of a better term, velocity that you would think. A lot of zip. Because, like, on the touchdown that he threw, it looked like he put every ounce. I think it was his last touchdown, and it looked like he put every ounce of his body into that throw, and the ball still looked like it had it had decent speed, but not as, you know, you see some of the other guys in the league, and obviously the arm strengths vary, but you see other guys throw the ball, and the ball like, swoop. And it just gets in there. I know. Uh, I don't know how that sound effect came. I, actually, I liked it a lot, you to be honest. It. Yeah. But yeah. So when he threw it, it was still kind of just a little, a little floaty, but it had enough velocity. But it's funny you bring that up because I did think about that during the game. 
Remember, Ben Solak had that kind of analysis pre-draft, and everybody killed him for it. I, I don't know. Look, I don't want to make anything of it crazy. Like, this is going to be an indictment on his career, that he's never going to be able to zip it in there in the tight windows and stuff. It's just, you'd like to see that get to DJ Chark with a little more speed and to the point where DJ doesn't have to go so low, right? He doesn't have to go so crazy to the ground in order to get that catch. Next one up for you, Wes. What other play you got for us? When you go and if you look and then you want to go over the positives and the thing is, um, I just think that when you pick out the plays and you look at the fact that I was uh, just a note that I made in that first half was just how much Adam Thielen is targeted. And just I just made the observation that he is clearly Bryce's number one guy uh, when you look at this thing. And I He's really having a really good season, but that was just an observation. Like, you can tell game plans early on uh, in matchups and so on. I just saw how much they were going to him. I said, man, Bryce really has a lot of trust in Adam Thielen. And I said, I feel like these coaches are really game planning for him. 13 targets for him in this matchup, man. And the thing about it is he's getting open. He converted 11 of those targets into catches. And so that's what you like to see. That's what you want to see. So he's proven that he's getting open now. He might not be killing you as far as big chunk plays down the field, but this is a guy that's targeted, and he's making the most of those when he gets the football. To give him credit, there was the big play that set them up for the field goal at the end of the first half where Bryce Young able to hit Adam Thielen in the middle of the field, and then he picks up a lot because Bryce hits him in stride. So nice job with Bryce hitting Adam Thielen in stride, and good job by Thielen. Would have liked to see him get out of bounds, but who cares, right? Now we're nitpicking here. Great pickup, great job by Thielen and so you're right that set them up for a score speaking of setting a team up for a score I wanted to go with the LaVisca rush on the reverse this was the play if you pay attention to your social media timeline people were asking wait this is too good is Frank Reich still calling plays (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Brown had the play card over his mouth is this the time where Reich actually handed over those duties to his offensive coordinator Frank Reich would tell you after the game no same thing as always collaborative effort We're going over it together, but I'm the one that pulls the trigger on when the play is called. And you fake it a couple times. You fake it on the end around. You fake it to Miles Sanders going up the middle, and then LaVisca gets it. And there's a couple blockers where it's set up on a, what, second and third and one, something like that. Touchdown Tommy, his only catch on the day. It's a touchdown, and that's how they're able to get on the board first. But that LaVisca uh, pickup, when LaVisca's in the game, you, you would think you'd pay attention to him a little bit more, and, and maybe, you know, it's it's too simple to put that. But, man, when LaVisca's in the game, and if he gets the football, it just feels like something creative is going to happen, Wes, and he's going to pick up hard-earned yards, and you're going to have a positive play. That's what it seems like. And how about in the red zone, where a lot of things are crazy, it's chaotic, you don't have a lot of space to work with, and you still dial it up with a seven-yard pickup, eight yards out from the end zone? Love that play call. Creativity, it led to a score. Yeah, and the score I'm talking about, too, third and goal in the second quarter, the touchdown to Trimble. Uh, nice play design, nothing out of the ordinary as far as Trimble kind of faking the block and then coming off quickly. Bryce threw it with great anticipation, got it right out in front of him. Uh, because before he had a throw that he tried to get to uh, DJ Chart that he threw a little bit behind him. Is it, and then or was it, got it the Mingo up. slant, maybe? Mingo, yes, Mingo yes, yes, slant, sorry. yeah. Mingo uh, tried to get it to him, and the ball got broken up because it was a little bit behind him. So it was nice to see him put it right out there in front, throw a nice, accurate pass for a touchdown. Um, I'm going to go with the 
uh, rushing touchdown for David Montgomery on the first play where you realized, oh, okay, the defense is in a world of hurt right now. <laughs> so they, they pick up, and it was so easy. There are three plays. They have a big old play. They get a first down, and then here goes Montgomery for 42 yards. Everyone eating up on that play. If you go back and watch it, it, it tell me how this is, too. I'm asking you, the football player, you yeah. know, teach me something. I'm looking at David Montgomery get to his blockers. Mm-hmm. Does it just show you how much, how dominant the offensive line is when the defense is there and they still can't make a play because there's the offensive line still holding them off? Like, what does that mean to you? Am I making too much of it? Or on that play, Montgomery gets it. He runs into the line of scrimmage, but the Lions are all holding their blocks really well. Nobody can get through. You even see the wide receiver on the left side blocks. I think it's Sam Franklin, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of times, and it looked like he had a play to keep it within just a 10-yard gain, and then Montgomery goes and shows how much more help they need defensively when it comes to stopping the run. What did you make of that play when you run into the line of scrimmage, Panthers are there, but they can't get through the offensive line, and Montgomery bounces it on the outside? Well, it just spoke to the theme of the fact that every time you watch the Detroit Lions run the football, the white jerseys were moving backwards and the blue ones were moving forward. They were dominating that football game because uh, also you look at two and I think this is something that we're going to talk about at Hayden Hurst is, is he brought some of this up as well because you're talking about the touchdown he scored. The, the first touchdown of the game for yes. Detroit. And so Sam Franklin, he got pushed around yes, by uh, Williams from Alabama. That's that's the play I'm talking about. Yes. Twice. Yes, he got pushed around there and I think that's some of the stuff that he was talking about that we'll get into uh, a little bit later. But Jamison Williams, I mean, he's like 175 pounds. Wet That's not why they with drafted pads him. on, okay? Yeah. And so, but to speak to that play, like I said, I made note of that early as well. The Lions were just physical. They were just pushing guys. And every time they ran the football, like I said, the white jerseys were going backwards. I think that's some of the stuff that Hayden Hurst was talking about. You saw it on that play. Jamison Williams coming up and just bullying uh, Sam Franklin Jr., Deshaun Williams. He also, you know, he's just a small guy. So Jamison, yeah. Jamison, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just a small guy. So, But you still got to show a little bit more fight than what they showed. And Montgomery made the most of it and scored. Yeah, Jamison, I'm watching this play over again, Wes, and you're right. It, <laughs> Jamison Williams is supposed yeah. to be the speedster that is catching bombs downfield, not the guy. If it was Amon Ross St. Brown making those blocks, I, I could see that physical wide receiver, good technique, but you you would hope. And I, we like Sam Franklin. Just bad play there. Montgomery yeah. goes for the score. That's just how it was. All right, that'll do it for Second Take Tuesday. We will move on, and we will take a visit to the mound. Fitty excited to talk about some playoff baseball, an exciting game last night in the NLDS between the Braves and the Phillies. Fitty here to break it all down. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Here he comes. Riley in the air to left field. On the run, Marsh. There it goes. Austin Riley has given the Braves the lead in the eighth. 
Heels a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to It's over. It's over. Brian Anderson on the call. The Atlanta Braves take game two of the NLDS series tied one to one after the Braves win last night, five to four. What an exciting game that we got. I saw a lot of Braves fans on my timeline, sweating it out, discussing how they hate the Phillies and how much they hate Bryce Harper. They hated him when he was with the nationals. They can't stand him, especially now my guy that he plays for the Phillies in the postseason, and they're battling it out. I didn't know Bryce Harper was a Oh, yeah, he's West- my favorite baseball player. Oh, it, it tracks. Did I know that? Yeah. Michael Myers is Bam. your guy. Um, yeah, yeah, Bam it, is my guy. Makes a lot of sense. No, it does. It really does. I kind of like Bryce Harper. I've been keeping too. up with him since high school, since he was on cover of Sports Illustrated. Well, remember when we talked about Steven Strasburg retiring, it was those back-to-back picks, Bryce Harper and Strasburg. To have the number one overall picks, into those years when you just so happen to have the legendary talents, the generational talent, if, you know, I know it gets overused, but it seemed appropriate for both of those guys. And Bryce Harper, to me, all, like even underrated at times, when he was first playing with the Phillies and the average was so low, the dude was still getting on base 40% of the time. And hitting jacks. I had, it was it was nuts, man. He's, he's a fun player. The gold cleats, the hair. I was about to say, what do you think about having – Two hair dryers and one in each hand. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why I like it, man. He's flashy. He'll definitely let you know how good he thinks he is. So, uh, Bam is my guy. For Do sure. they call him Bam? I don't think I That's knew that nickname. That's his nickname. Yeah, I read that like way early in the process. Because hmm. I, I know they said he had it on the license plate of his bands, too. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like something Bryce Harper would do 100 <laughs> percent. All right. Speaking of Bryce Harper, let's go talk a little bit more about him and the Atlanta Braves with a visit to the mound. Come on. We'll take you on right here, right now. Come on. Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game and I got to get home for lunch. The front dog was as ugly as you. I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards. Is that your sister out there in left field? Make it. You know, I had seen this sentiment on the Twitters last night about uh, baseball, playoff baseball hadn't yet delivered until that moment last night, which I completely disagree with, maybe because I'm a baseball guy and I love the, the postseason. That game last night was what makes October, October. And Big Cat Dan wrote in that, uh, you know, Austin Riley hit a bomb. Like, I knew the second that left the barrel of the bat, that thing that thing wasn't coming back. And that place, Truist Park, you know, erupted. So, it was a wild scene. The series is knotted up at one apiece. And, look, there were some interesting things. Zach Wheeler threw six scoreless innings. But, Braves fans, there's a reason to be excited. Because you did not score for over 13 innings. In the postseason. Crazy. Which was the longest drought since the Mets did so back in 1986. And you know what happened in 1986, guys? What happened? What's that, Fitty? The New York hmm. Metropolitans, they won the World Series, the last World Series that the franchise has ever won. So a good omen for the Braves. And uh, look, a lot of comebacks when you hear them, they talk about players, we left, you know, it was all guts. And glory. Yeah. Well, A.J. Minter, 
He described the come-from-behind win led by the Braves' bullpen and then the bats. He used some different terminology. With Max just having to go through a ton of pitches, what the bullpen was able to do tonight to keep this game in it, what just, can you say about yourself and the way the guys came out? I mean, all that was was just heart and nuts. I mean, that's all it was. I mean, Wheeler did an unbelievable job just locating, um, you know, keeping the hitters off balance. And, I mean, if, if you were to look two innings ago, I mean, it looked like our season was coming to an end, unfortunately. And just the guys just battling back, just relentless, not giving in. And just Austin Riley coming up and, you know, having one of the biggest hits in his career. And, I mean, that's what the postseason's all about. I love that he is talking about this was all hearts and nuts mm-hmm. while the rest of the clubhouse is still just doing what baseball clubhouses do, which is just be wild. That's a great way to describe an epic comeback. And he's not wrong. Because in the bottom of the seventh inning, down 4-1, to one, it looked bleak for the Braves' outlook for the rest of the series. Yeah, they didn't score until the sixth inning, and then they scored in three innings consecutively in order to get this job done. Here's my thing about the Braves, watching them throughout this regular season and what they could do in the postseason. Man, isn't it crazy that the Braves were able to steal that World Series a couple of years ago? And the reason I mean steal is because this team at least the way they're playing, way more talented. And mm-hmm. we can all remember Acuna got hurt and everybody wrote their eulogy. They were done. Bye. That's just how it was going to be. And then we start to see them go to work, bring in a Jorge Soler, bring in a couple of guys that were free agents that you didn't expect to allow them to win the championship. And then sure enough, they're able to get that done. And then afterwards, you get not only a little bit better, but crazy better because your own guys are improving. Guys are coming back from injury. And Matt Olson and Ronald Acuna Jr. each have a legitimate case to win the NL MVP. Oh, and they play on the same team possibly getting it done they still have a lot of work to do it's tied right here we are saying they came back in the nlds with a tied series now but if they do get it done the fact that they stole that championship a couple of years ago to the point where now they're clearly as talented a team as there is in baseball very different ways that they could get the job done two out of the three years yeah man they lose that game last night it's over with and i was definitely going to come in here and be like i'm just tired of hearing about the braves and all the games that they win and then for them to lose it would have been a real travesty for them to go down oh You guys would have had a lot of uh, things in common there, being happy about the Braves being ousted from the postseason. First 8-5-3 double play in postseason history, and it ended a game. Love it. Ended a game. Like, when I saw Sarah Langs, who does a great job researching all the great stats about baseball, because, I mean, I think when you see Castellanos go deep, first off, you wondered what happened wrong in the world for Castellanos to be going deep because he just seems to go yard when bad things happen. Somewhere Tom Brenneman was telling us how he was going <laughs> deep to the left field. And then, you know, for Bryce Harper, who's a great base. And, look, it's, it's, it's understandable why he took off because if you watch the ball come off the bat, he, he thought that thing was gone. Just a, a, a unreal finish. To a game that maybe gives the playoffs more juice moving forward. I think the Twins and the Astros series could go very deep depending on what happens in Minneapolis starting this uh, this afternoon. Um, but one thing I did want to talk about, because you saw, you know, you mentioned you saw Braves fans just, I mean, they were melting down on Twitter. <laughs> they really and were. It was, yes, they were. As a, as a sad Met fan, it was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of Braves fans were complaining about the long layoff playing a role and as to why they are in the position that they were in. Their season ended not this Sunday, but a Sunday ago, so a little over a week. 
They had a six-day layoff waiting for the wild card series, which is a best-of-three series, to get underway. Well, those were all done after two games, and they still had to wait two more days to play. Walker, you're a former baseball lover. You know how much rhythm and timing is to the game of baseball. Does baseball need to be more flexible not having these long layoffs in October? Here's my question, though. You're telling me about that being so important in the world of baseball. Is it any different in any sport? Does it matter more in baseball to have that rhythm than basketball? And Lord knows football, football, man. The number one seeds and the number two seeds when they used to have that first round bye. I I would only argue because do we all agree that hitting a baseball is the hardest individual thing to do in sports? No, I don't agree. It's certainly one of them. Okay. I don't want to have that debate. All right. We can if you want. (laughs) But, you know, if you go six days, as much as you can recreate it in in the cage, you can't recreate what the pitchers are actually doing. So I understand from an offensive standpoint. That's why I think the Braves fans were pissed was because this historic offense didn't score for 15 innings with their season on the line. Yeah, but and I remember them talking about this last year in the playoffs because the top teams were struggling and some of them were getting beaten. They were talking about how it was because of the long layoffs. But it is, like Walker said, in every sport. And, yes, it is. Don't let me be disrespectful. It is very hard to hit a baseball and things like that. But you have rhythm, time, and chemistry in all the sports that affects it. You see uh, NBA teams, if they – uh, sweep a team and then another team plays a full seven games. The team that had played right. the full series would normally come in and beat the other team that had the rest in game one. And in the NFL, we've seen number one, number two seeds that used to get the week off come in and be flat and things of that nature. So I think it's just a human nature thing that when you keep your body in rhythm and keep that muscle memory going, if you take a long break from high-intensity uh, competition, then once you have to ratchet it back up again, the team that's in more of a rhythm is going to play better. Here's what I'll say, though. Even if it is in all of sports something similar to that, where, let's say, a, a you know, number one seed goes through easily and beats their eighth seed in four games, while the other matchup that you have, it goes the distance, and you got to wait for a week because you're talking, you're not having back-to-back in the postseason. So now the basketball team has to wait for a week. If the goal is to give the best regular season performing team an advantage, then I do understand Fiddy's point, and that could be applied to every sport. Yeah. If the idea is to give the best team in the regular season the true advantage of going through the grind, whether it be 160 games, 80 games, 17, then I understand let's let them get some rhythm, take a break to get healthy, find that line where you can get healthy and get these guys back into the motion instead of just having them, you know, what, take a week-long break, however long it was. So I, I do get that point. I do think that it can be applied to every single sport, though. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I like my team to play. In the NFL, I don't like the bye week. Well, we, we see wildcard teams beat those top dogs. That's in the what race. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I don't like it. No, you're 100% right. That is a problem. Anything else visiting the mound, Fiddy? Uh, maybe just a – You want to clown Dodger fans? Just a rest in peace to Max Orioles. I mean, I've never been more sad for a sports fan that wasn't myself. Like, Max Panthers suck. He's a Penn State football fan, so they're going to lose a big game at some point in the Big Ten. He's waited seven years for playoff baseball, and his team's going to get swept, albeit by the best offensive team in the AL and an all-time great manager in Bruce Bochy. But uh, I do think their fun season comes to an end, and I hurt for my guy Chris McClain. Baseball's so crazy, though. Is it? I heard Mac talking with Josh Graham, who's also an Orioles fan. Mm-hmm. 
baseball, when you're down two games, is it really just written off like that? No, because, I mean, the, the Cubs won their World Series down 3-1. No, that, yeah. that's that's my point. Red Sox 3-0, but, I mean, with as young as this team is, the first time being there with a veteran team, with a veteran manager, I don't see them winning three. I don't see them winning three straight. I, I want to go to break, but the, the interesting thing here is what we do have. Uh, baseball, the difference with baseball and every other sport, their postseason is played so much differently than the regular season yep. is. Compared, completely different game. It's a completely different game, and it's really hard to figure out if I like that or not. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Maybe we talk about it a little bit later. All right. Plenty more to get to here on Weston Walker, Campus Corner. I think we might have a guest, maybe on the other side of the break, maybe later. I'm not sure. Let's all find out together. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.